This hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Now back to Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4 ESPN Tucson. Good morning. Live from Las Vegas, it is Spears and Ali here on ESPN Radio, 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4. We're also streaming live on ESPNTucson.com, the ESPN Tucson mobile app, and you best believe we're on the Spears and Ali podcast located wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Audible, wherever. Good freaking morning to all of you guys. Andrew, appreciate you for holding us down out there in Tucson. Spears and Ali, we're live from Las Vegas. And I got to say, Andrew, the juices are flowing. The adrenaline is at an all-time high. I'm very excited for today's show. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing all right, man. I can't complain. I'm not in Vegas, but, uh, you know, I've got two Mountain Dews, and I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's roll this morning. Uh, Ali Farhang spent a little uh, too much time at the blackjack tables last night. Had a little too much fun at Club Hakkasan. Now, I don't know what Ali Farhang got into uh, last night, but... We're going we're gonna to give him the day off because the man needs some rest. I mean, he's out here in Las Vegas, one, supporting the Arizona Wildcats, but number two, supporting his son, Xavier, who's a manager on the basketball team. And Ollie's one of the hardest working dudes I've ever met. Trying to get him out of bed in back-to-back days so early in the morning, because remember, we're on Pacific time right now. So, yes, we are on from 7 to 9 a.m. out there in Tucson, but here in Las Vegas, we're doing the show from 6 to 8 a.m. Brutal hours for a morning show, I'll add. Uh, but Ali Farhang, that man deserves to to rest up. Because like I said, Bruce Wayne of Tucson, one of the hardest working guys I know. So while Ali is just absolutely enjoying himself in his luxury suite somewhere in Las Vegas, <laughs> we're going to be doing the show for the next couple of hours. But hey, it's going to be a great show. Very excited. Who knows? Maybe Ali will call in. Maybe he calls in and weighs in on the Pac-12 tournament, and more specifically, the Arizona Wildcats. And if you want to do that, you can call into the show at 719-1490, 719-1490. Call us. Let us know what's on your mind, whether it's Pac-12 tournament, NCAA tournament, NBA, NFL, whatever it is that's on your mind, call into the show, 719-1490, 719-1490. We'd love to hear from you. And also, don't forget to... Uh, subscribe, rate, review the Spears and Ali podcast, and follow ESPN Tucson on Twitter and Facebook. Spears and Ali presented by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. No guest in the first hour. In the second hour, uh, we have a twofer. We're going to hear from Dana Scott from the Arizona Republic. He's going to weigh in on Kevin Durant's injury. That's going to sideline him for the next uh, few weeks. We'll get into that in just a little bit. And then Brendan Deeg from The Score, we've uh, talked to him several times during the afternoon slate. But Brendan was kind enough to join us this morning and talk about Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to the New York Jets? What are the Las Vegas Raiders going to do at quarterback? Do they possibly reach out to a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. So we're going to get into all the NFL headlines uh, with Brendan Deek from the score at 840. And then in our next segment, so much drama going on in the NBA. The Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors, the drama that these two teams have between each other, it's like a telenovela. But 
the Golden State Warriors, they've had the better advantage. They've always had the advantage in the playoffs. They won four championships. Meanwhile, the Memphis Grizzlies haven't really done anything. Yet guys like Dylan Brooks continue to yap and test the Golden State Warriors. We'll get into all of that mess and also get into uh, Kevin Durant coming up in the uh, next segment. Um, like I said, 719-1490 is the phone number, 719-1490. Let's get right to it. Top three headlines heading into today. One. One. You saw it last night, the Arizona Wildcats avenging their loss to the Stanford Cardinal, and they beat Stanford 95-84. to The second-seeded Arizona Wildcats take down number 10-seeded, Stanford Cardinal in the quarterfinal round of the Pac-12 tournament. And before we get into kind of the nuts and bolts of this win for Arizona, what it ultimately means, also the uh, next round matchup tonight, which is the second part to this revenge tour for the Arizona Wildcats. I think the lead here for Arizona basketball and their victory last night over Stanford, in my personal opinion, is Tommy Lloyd making history. So Tommy Lloyd, with the win last night, becomes the winningest head coach in the first two seasons. So when you look at college basketball history, there have been a lot of elite coaches that have blessed the sport. But in their first two seasons at the helm, as a head coach, no one in college basketball history has more wins in their first two years than Tommy Lloyd. Going into last night's game, he was tied with Bill Guthridge from North Carolina at 58. He got win number 59, so Tommy Lloyd is standing out the mountaintop all by himself. And, you know, we have to just tip your cap to Tommy Lloyd for the job that he's done. I mean, Arizona basketball is continuing to hum like Arizona basketball because of Tommy Lloyd and his influence, how he's been able to develop players. I mean, you look at Umar Balo and Christian Coloco the last two years. Those two guys have been the Pac-12's most improved player. So they develop players. They get the best out of each guy. They, I'm, I'm not going to say they turned Benedict Matherin into a first-round pick, but they got Ben Matherin. And, you know, when he was in his uh, freshman year, he got a little bit of NBA draft buzz, but nobody – ever thought that he would get to lottery status. And in year one under Tommy Lloyd, Benedict Matherin becomes a lottery pick. Now, how much of that is because of Tommy Lloyd? How much of it is because of Benedict Matherin just blossoming from one year to the next? But regardless, you still have to applaud Tommy Lloyd and his ability to coach players and develop talent. And also, big shout-out to Sean Miller, too, uh, the now head coach for the Xavier Musketeers. We all know... Things didn't end well with the Sean Miller era, but he certainly left the cupboards full for this current regime, leaving guys like Benedict Matherin, Dalen Terry, Christian Coloco. That was a big reason why Arizona was able to have a productive first year. But now in year two, a lot of people didn't really have truly high expectations for the Arizona Wildcats. It was kind of wait and see mode. And in my personal opinion, I think that Arizona has exceeded expectations going into this year. But Tommy Lloyd makes history, getting win number 59 in year two. And I actually asked Tommy Lloyd in the postgame press conference in Las Vegas yesterday about passing Bill Guthridge. And I thought that Tommy Lloyd had a very important message for all young coaches. 
it's an honor. And I told these guys, I, I honestly, I just want to play tomorrow. And and I'm so proud of these players, you know, for putting me in this position. And you know, and and maybe to 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 you know pass Bill Guthridge, it, it is even a little extra special honor for me because you know I remember, you know, I I had settled in. I, I thought I was never leaving Gonzaga, and I was I was totally okay with that. And and I would tell people, you know, jokingly, hey. I mean, I'll just be the next Bill Guthridge. You know, I'll be, you know, he was Dean Smith's right-hand man. I'll be Mark Few's right-hand man and maybe get a few years to be the head coach at the end of my career. And uh, and, and I would have been happy with it. So, um, you know, I think it says something. I think it says something about Coach Guthridge and the loyalty he had and, and, and staying with that program. And, you know, for me to kind of follow that path and, you know, and, and have that loyalty to Gonzaga and to my mentor and, and, and stay with him all those years, I mean, I, I think it's a great formula to follow for a young coach. I mean, you come out of there seasoned. You come out of there maybe more ready, you know, than you expect to be because, you know, you're just learning by osmosis from a great coach every day is, is um, you know, it's it's something that, you know, can't be simulated. And and so, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for Mark Few. I'm thankful for Gonzaga. But but most of all, I'm thankful for these dudes, you know, that, that wear the Arizona uniform and, and that I get a coach every day. You know, the old saying, it's not about the X's and the O's. It's about the Jimmys and the Joes. Uh, so Arizona's had several talent. Uh, we just talked about it, left behind by Sean Miller. But they also added talent, too, right? They brought in Umar Balo, like I said, Pac-12 most improved player. He comes in from Gonzaga. Pella Larson transfers to Arizona from Utah, is the Pac-12 sixth man of the year. So while the players have been solid, uh, you have to be the the players that were left behind by Sean Miller. While they've been solid, uh, the players that Tommy Lloyd has been able to bring in uh, have also had a very profound impact on these Arizona Wildcats. But going back to last night's game, this is the revenge tour for the Arizona Wildcats. We all know how the first meeting went between Arizona and the Stanford Cardinal. In Palo Alto, the Wildcats got smacked around. Azulus Tabellas got into foul trouble, only played 17 minutes. Finished with four points and four fouls. Probably his worst game as an Arizona Wildcat. It's the first game this season that he, it's the only game this season, I should add, that he scored in single digits. Outside of that game, Azul Sabellis has been a very solid player for the Arizona Wildcats. Has some defensive issues, right? He struggled the last couple of weeks. Uh, had his moments yesterday against Stanford. But Stanford's a really tough team to match up with Arizona. And Azul Sabellis, I talked to him uh, last night in the the locker room afterwards and he said that Stanford is a tough team to match up against because of their length uh according to usage you know players that the cardinal actually utilize in games Stanford is one of the tallest teams in the country and it's all symmetrical right they're like it's a bunch of guys who are all 66667 i mean they don't have the the size to match up really with a guy like Umar Balo but man they have a bunch of different forwards that they can throw at a guy like Umar Balo. And they have so many players who are just, like I said, six, 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 seven type of players. And when they use them all, Stanford has one of the biggest lineups in college basketball. So it's always a tough bout for Arizona to play up against the Stanford Cardinal. But the last time Arizona played against Stanford, a big reason why they lost was because of points in the paint. Points in the paint was big. The Cardinal had a 42-24 to 24 advantage in points of the paint in Palo Alto. Last night, in the quarterfinal round of the Pac-12 tournament, Arizona had the advantage 
in that category. 54 to 22. So Arizona went from being minus 18 in points of the paint. In just a few weeks of the Pac-12 tournament, they're plus 32. Talk about such a great turnaround, and that's because Azulis Tubelis was available. He didn't get into foul trouble, and then Tubelis finished with 20 points and 8 rebounds. Umar Balo had 24 points and 6 rebounds, and he also did it on 10 for 13 shooting from the field. So it was a big game for Arizona's bigs. Cedric Henderson was amazing. He had 23 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, and a key stat here, 0 turnovers. Like, Cedric Henderson is the energizer bunny for this year's team. Tommy Lloyd has referred to it. I'm going to continue to refer to him as the energizer bunny. The way he's able to cut to the basket and get points, it's a, an element that Arizona truly needs. The mid-range game, getting to the basket, adding that with a player who can do a lot of things like Cedric Henderson, I think is a very important tool for the Arizona Wildcats in March. Pella Larson didn't have his best game, uh, but in the first half, but in the second half, hey, I thought he played solid, and he ended up finishing with nine points, seven rebounds, and five assists. So solid game plan right there from Pella Larson. Could have played better, but again, I, I still think that even though he was the worst player on the on the court for Arizona uh, outside of Kirk Creesa, but we'll get into Kirk Creesa in just a little bit. I think Arizona had a very solid game plan last night against the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, Harrison Ingram, he was, uh, he's been a big star this year for the Cardinal. He had 12 points. And then Spencer Jones, who lit up Arizona last year in the Pac-12 tournament, uh, he finished with 22 points. Stanford, hey, they kept it close. They were really pressing on Arizona. They made it a game. But the Wildcats were just just way too good. I mean, And you expected that to happen. Arizona, one thing about Tommy Lloyd and this team is that they figure it out. Once they lose to a team, they make the proper adjustments. They come back the second or third time around, and they figure it out. I think that Arizona tomorrow, or excuse me, tonight against ASU, they're going to figure it out. The Sun Devils beat USC last night. USC made it a game late, but Bobby Hurley and his team, led by Desmond Cambridge, who hit the uh, 60-footer, against the Wildcats last week. Uh, ASU, they're playing some really good basketball right now. And the one thing that's unique about ASU is that they are fighting for their postseason lives right now. Because according to Joe Lunardi, they're still right there on the bubble. They're one of the first four in, first four out. I think with the win last night, I think you got to put a team like ASU into the NCAA tournament, uh, getting a win over USC. Another team that's on the bubble fighting for their postseason lives, Getting that win was so big for Bobby Hurley and his club. How they look tonight against the ASU Sun Devils is, uh, excuse me, against the Arizona Wildcats is going to be big because if they're actually competitive and they give Arizona a game, you go to the Pac-12 tournament semifinals as a bubble team, you give one of the top teams in the country a pretty good fight, I think that the NCAA committee would almost have to put the ASU Sun Devils in. But going back to my point about making the adjustments, learning from the previous loss. Arizona, a big reason why they lost to ASU. I mean, ASU, they just shot lights out in the second half. They had an answer for everything that Arizona gave them in the second half. But Azul Sibelis was a defensive liability. He was getting subbed in and out of that game 
because he didn't take the matchup seriously with a guy like Warren Washington. And even Azulis Tabellas will tell you that he took a couple plays off. And I think that now Tabellas is going to be dialed in like he was last night against the Stanford Cardinal. And I said it, expect a big-time performance from Azulis Tabellas. We're not going to get Oregon Ducks Azulis Tabellas where he's putting up 40 points. But we're going to get an Azulis Tabellas who's more focused and is going to take his defensive assignments, assignments a little bit more seriously. So I'm expecting tonight for Arizona and Azulis Tabellas to have a big game. But another uh, key headline that I'm kind of bearing here before we go to headline number two, uh, Kirk Creesa experienced an injury last night against the Stanford Cardinal. In the first half, with four minutes left, Kirk Creesa was defending Brandon Angel, who gave it to, I think it was Spencer Jones or Harrison Ingram, and they were trying to do a give-and-go. So he gives it to somebody on the top of the key and then starts rolling to the basket. And Kirk Creesa, trying to play defense, stands in his way, tries to clip him a little bit. But on the initial contact, Kirk Creesa dislocated his right shoulder, which is his shooting arm. And he left the game. Justin Kokoski, the main trainer, escorted Kirk Creesa back to the locker room. And then when I saw that, I don't know about you Arizona fans, but I thought, my goodness, this Kirk Creesa guy can't catch a break against Stanford in the Pac-12 tournament. Because if you remember last year, Kirk Creesa, when he suffered that high ankle sprain that left his foot all swollen and purple, that was against Stanford. And then you thought, oh, my goodness, here it goes again. Kirk Creesa getting hurt against Stanford in the Pac-12 tournament. Is it the Cardinal? Is it the arena? I don't know what it is, but Kirk Creesa has bad luck against Stanford in the Pac-12 tournament. But they go back to the locker room, and they tape him up. They come out for halftime warm-ups, and I'm watching Kirk Creesa go through the motions, and he's struggling shooting the ball. Every single shot attempt, he's grimacing. He's in pain. He can't really get a shot off. So Kirk Creesa... He was like, I'm not shooting the ball at all. He shot three attempts in the first half. He didn't have a single attempt in for the rest of the game after he got hurt. He just played the role of, I'm going to be a point guard. I'm going to facilitate. And he did that. Um, but it was so funny last night because Kirk Creesa gets fouled. And Arizona was in the double bonus. So Kirk Creesa shooting a couple of free throws. The first one, he airballs it. Because his shoulder hurts. He can't he can't do it. It's so hard for him to get a shot off. And then the next attempt, he decides, I'm going to go left-handed. I can't shoot with my right hand. I'm going to go left-handed. And he makes the freaking free throw. And Tommy Lloyd jokingly said after the game, I think Kirk Creasa was being a little dramatic in regards to his shoulder because I think he just wanted to show everyone that he could shoot left-handed. Um, but good news for Arizona fans. Kirk Creasa is making great progress. He's not going to miss any time. He's going to be locked in and ready to go for Arizona's matchup tonight against ASU. I know the Wildcats were licking their chops the second they saw ASU beating USC. It's set up perfectly for the revenge tour. You got Stanford yesterday. You got ASU tonight. They hit a half-court buzzer beater in your home floor. And then if all goes according to plan and if, if things go chalk, you got UCLA for the Pac-12 championship game. We all remember how that game went last week in, in Westwood. So the revenge tour, it's setting up perfectly for the Arizona Wildcats, but they got step two 
tonight against ASU. It's a late one. 9.30 tip-off. 8.30 out here in Las Vegas. Oof. Oh, man. Hey, 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 That's a ugly, ugly tip-off time. So make sure you get the coffee pots ready. All right, let's go to headline number two. Two. So update on Phoenix Sun star Kevin Durant. He will be reevaluated in three weeks after suffering an ankle sprain during warm-ups of his home debut against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So Kevin Durant is going to go pretty much a whole month without playing a single home game for the Phoenix Suns. He spends a lot of time in street clothes and on the bench at Footprint Center. But KD, unfortunate news for the Phoenix Suns. He's going to be reevaluated in three weeks. But this could possibly be a blessing in disguise for the Suns. We know what the Phoenix Suns look like with KD. Those three games that KD was in, the Suns put up so many points. They were the top scoring team in the NBA. Devin Booker all of a sudden turned into Kobe freaking Bryant. Oh, I mean, a, a diet version of Kobe Bryant. Let's be real here. But, hey, the, the numbers that Devin Booker has been putting up, it's nothing to snark at. He was named Western Conference Player of the Week after putting up 37 points. And then when no Kevin Durant available, Devin Booker goes out and puts up 44 points. So if the Suns can figure out a way to kind of hold the fort down until Kevin Durant gets back, which I think they will, this could get them right for the playoffs. But, man, it's not a good sign that you bring in a superstar who's already been dealing with a series of injuries with the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, he had an Achilles injury with the Golden State Warriors. And now, in freaking warm-ups of his first home game, he rolls an ankle. It's not the greatest news for the Phoenix Suns, but KD healthy, available. Suns are absolutely a team to watch in the Western Conference and in the NBA as a whole. But... No KD moving forward for the next three weeks. We'll talk more about that coming up in the next segment. Let's go to headline number three. 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 In the world of conference realignment, what the hell's going on with the Pac-12? George Klyavkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, he's Las Vegas-based, so he's at home right now. I've been seeing him at the Pac-12 tournament, but he's not holding a press conference. Every single year, the Pac-12 commissioner always holds a press conference at the Pac-12 tournament. George Klyavkov is not doing that this year. He's trying to figure out a media deal for the Conference of Champions. Doesn't have one yet. Apparently, according to multiple reports from John Cazzano and John Wilner, they're making good progress with the Pac-12 media rights deal. But we haven't heard anything from George Klyavkov. He's moving in silence. I mean, he's not saying a single word. But one thing that's worth noting, the Big 12, they really want the four corner schools. Bill Self, during the Big 12 tournament, before he went to the hospital, he's going to be okay, but he's not going to be with the Kansas Jayhawks moving forward uh, in the Big 12 tournament. He should be back for the NCAA tournament. But But Bill Self said in regards to Arizona, quote, that to me is the one we have to get. So the Kansas Jayhawks, they want Arizona a part of the Big 12. And then uh, Kansas State head coach Jerome Tang said, quote, I've always thought the Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah, are a natural fit for us. Who doesn't want to visit Arizona? So for all you Arizona fans out there, you want to know your value? The Big 12 absolutely wants you, of course, for basketball reasons. But, hey, it's nice to feel wanted, right? Should be interesting to see what George Klyavkov does with that Pac-12 media rights deal. 
All right, that is it for our opening segment. Coming up next, Draymond Green versus Dylan Brooks. It's the NBA soap opera that we absolutely need to have. Stay tuned. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. Spears and Ali is live from Las Vegas on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 94.9 HD, Channel 4, and the Spears and Ali podcast. It's our last remote show from Las Vegas. Uh, by the way, huge thanks to our affiliate up here in the Sin City. ESPN Las Vegas, uh, part of our Arizona, or part of the Lotus family, they were so kind enough to allow us to use their studio for th- the Thursday and the Friday show. Because, listen, we couldn't take Thursday and Friday off. It's our first week on the morning shift. We've been at it for a few days. We couldn't take a couple days off just because we're out here in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 tournament. So very thankful to be here doing the show live from Vegas. If you want to call into the show, 719-1490 is the phone number, 719-1490. Also, keep that phone number handy because at the end of this hour, we're going to be giving away two, count them, two. Four packs of tickets to any Tucson Roadrunners home game for the remainder of the regular season. So, hockey tickets, we got a bunch of them. We're giving away a four-pack, two of them, at the end of this hour. We'll we'll be doing uh, callers one and two. So, keep that phone number handy. Right around 750, 7.55, we'll be giving away those tickets. Make sure you keep your ears peeled for that. All right, so we were just talking Pac-12 tournament, Arizona basketball. The Wildcats got a game tonight against the ASU Sun Devils at T-Mobile Arena for the uh, 9.30 p.m. game. Not excited about the late tip-off, but, hey, Pac-12 after dark should be a lot of fun on ESPN. But the NBA is just chock full of drama. And the latest episode of drama in the NBA goes to the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors. So the Grizzlies and the Warriors, they faced each other in the playoffs. The Warriors ended up beating them en route to an NBA championship a year ago. And these two teams absolutely despise each other. Well, Draymond Green, he hosts a podcast on the Volume Network. And we all know that Draymond Green is a very vocal person. He's not afraid to let you know how he truly feels. And on his podcast, he talked about the Memphis Grizzlies and all of their dysfunctions, which isn't a secret, right? We know John Morantz is away from the team because of the incident with the gun in a Denver club. Uh, This team is just just full of drama. And it's crazy to me that they're this dramatic for a team that's only won one playoff series. And they have so much potential, right? I mean, they're among the top teams in the Western Conference, at least according to the standings. But for a team that's only won one playoff series – they're just so exhausting. But Draymond Green went on his podcast and addressed the issues regarding the Memphis Grizzlies and had some things to say about one Dylan Brooks. Here's the clip. This idiot said, I don't know what Draymond does out there. He said, I don't like Draymond at all. You don't know me. I just don't like Golden State. I quite frankly wouldn't like a team that beats me all the time either. I don't like anything to do with them. Quite frankly, you you were a little kid in high school watching us win championships. Should be happy that you even witnessed that. Or maybe college, but you get the point. You're a fan. 
Draymond talks a lot. You talk a lot now. So if you have four rings, sure, you talk a lot more. For All-Stars, you probably talk a bit more. Defensive Player of the Year, you for damn sure would talk more. Two Olympic gold medals, you definitely would be talking because that would mean you, you beat Team USA. And we all know how that goes. So gets away with a lot, too. What exactly do I get away with? I have 15 texts, one less than your dumb ass. Okay, great. His game is cool. If you ever wondered why the Memphis Grizzlies is not ready to compete for a championship, look no further than this idiot right here. They're actually depending on this guy to help them win a championship. And he says his game is cool. Quite frankly, that just shows how little you know about basketball. And yet, y'all, you running around talking about a dynasty? The dynasty starts after you. Not with you. He plays with heart. Knows the ins and outs of the defense. I want to be quite frank, I made the ins and outs of our defense. I guess that's why they like him over there. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why they like you in Memphis. Or do they like you in Memphis? That's a better question. I'm not sure your teammates like you. But I can tell you why they like me over there. When you contribute in the way that I contribute, I have contributed to four championships, they tend to like you. So next time you speak up on me, you should do some fact checking. Next time you speak up on me, you should do some soul searching. Next time you speak up on me, I hope you're in a better situation than you in now where the guys you play with actually enjoy playing with you because they actually think you're contributing to winning. Because it ain't happening right now, champ. Ah, you're not a champ. You're a clown. It ain't happening for you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And Draymond says this leading up to their showdown last night in Memphis. The Warriors took on the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies won 131-110. to Draymond Green had 16 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds, and 3 steals, albeit had 5 turnovers in that game. And uh, Dylan Brooks finished with 14 points, 6 assists, and 4 rebounds. So very similar performances between these two guys. I look at this beef between Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green. It almost reminds me of like the NBA version of Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. Just two petty individuals who are good at what they do but just very petty, hate each other. I can tell, man, these guys absolutely despise each other. I can understand why not a lot of people like Dylan Brooks. I haven't really been a big fan of this guy going back to his days at Oregon. When I saw this guy flop on the floor in a game, I think the Oregon Ducks were playing Utah. When I saw him flop the way he did, and if you haven't seen it yet, just Google it. Dylan Brooks flop Oregon. And you're going to see the worst flop you have ever seen in basketball history. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, I'm not really a big fan of Dylan Brooks. And he talks a lot of smack for a, a dude who's, to me, hasn't really won anything. Uh, so Dylan Brooks is a, he's just a, he's an interesting cat. I'll say that. But Dylan Brooks uh, had a, a press conference, or he spoke to the, uh, the TNT reporters uh, after the game about his confrontation with Draymond Green because in the middle of the game, 
Dylan Brooks, Draymond Green got tangled up, and Dylan Brooks told Draymond Green, hey, man, why don't you stick to the podcast? Here's what Dylan Brooks had to say about that. What was the message that you had to Draymond? That's what I do. I talk. And, you know, I told him. I told I, I told him that, um, you know, keep that mic. Keep that mic. He's better at the mic than pooping. You know what I'm saying? So keep doing this podcast. Keep blogging. Keep doing this thing off the court. You know, it's cute. It's fun for him. You think it stopped there? Hell no. Dylan Brooks in the locker room after the game uh, spoke with ABC24 about Draymond Green and all of his flaws as a basketball player. Here's that clip. Two minutes or whatever. Yeah, my teammates showed me. I don't really watch you right, know, those things. You know what I mean? Showed, showed yeah, they showed me. And then, you know, I watched the whole thing. Um, it, was, um, it was some funny stuff, you know? Um, uh, not a championship player. Um, you know, I feel like my stuff that I said was facts. And we'll see at the end of the year what they do with him. Um, but, you know. Does um, it piss you off? Does it, I mean, no, it, no, 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 because I know I'm a better player than him. I could do the same stuff like he does. That's easy. You know, that's just showing up to work. Me, you know, I try to score. I figure out, try to figure out plays. I try to call out plays for my team. You know, so just the fact that, you know, he was trying to, you know, pin my teammates against me, that's a low blow. So, you know. And that's what type of player he is. And, you, and you're secure, obviously, that your teammates. You guys ride together. Yeah, 100%. You know, um, these are my guys. You know, we grew we grew it all together. You know, I ain't out there, you know, getting physical altercations with my teammates. You know, I sit there and talk to them, try to, you know, um, you know, not break them down, but, you know, build them up. Never and, one of them? No. Never. <laughs> as, 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 much, as much as I want to, you know, um, <laughs> You know, I know being being trying to be the best leader as possible, trying to, you know, get my point across, you know, even with guys that, you know, are solidified or whatnot. You know, I have to try to find ways to, you know, be the best leader. Yeah, this is a intense rivalry, and I need seven games of this. If we can somehow get the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors to match up in the NBA playoffs this year, I'm all for it. Sign me up. Uh, but I think uh, – the, the Golden State Warriors, man, I think that they are not going to go far in the playoffs like we saw last year where they won the championship because, man, for some reason, every time they step away from the Bay Area, they stink. They're 7-26 and 26 on the road this season. They're 34-33. and 33. They're one game above 500, but 7-26 and 26 on the road. I get it. Steph Curry's been in and out of the lineup. They've been dealing with a number of injuries. But still, 7-26 on the road, certainly not championship basketball. All right, so Fred Van Vliet, we didn't get a chance to play that clip. We're going to play that coming up on the other side because Fred Van Vliet, he didn't mince words when it comes to officiating in the NBA, more specifically with Ben Taylor. Uh, we'll play that clip coming up next. Plus, we'll also talk more Pac-12 tournament. If you want to call into the show and talk Arizona basketball, talk college basketball, Pac-12 tournament, whatever it is that's on your mind, 719-1490 is the phone number, 719-1490. More Spears and Ali right here on ESPN Tucson. We got a, cu- a couple of frosty ones in our hands. Like frosties from Wendy's? No, man. Not, no, I'm just kidding. We're not I'm six. Kidding. <laughs> you want to be the Batman of Tucson or the Shirley Temple? I mean, lol- you want a lollipop? No. I'm telling you, he's in the he's in the running for the, the Spears and Ollie image. Viva Las Vegas. 
You're listening to Spears and Ali, our last show of the week. It's our first week on the morning shift, and it's our last one. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to be real with you, man. This week has felt like a month. Is it just me, or do you feel the same as well? <laughs> it's definitely felt a little longer than normal, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, because we always have a fun time here on ESPN Tucson. And with the, the new show in the morning, coupled with travel, like Ali and I, we're doing the show in Las Vegas. And this week has just felt so, so long. But I got to be real with you guys. It's been a lot of fun. I'm very excited for this new journey. We're on in the mornings. We're Tucson's only morning sports talk show. And uh, we take great pride in that. And we're going to do the best that we can each and every day to give Tucson, give people in the old Pueblo a product that they're absolutely proud of. So uh, huge thanks to uh, all of our supporters here on ESPN Tucson. If you're just willing to listen to us for 10 to 15 minutes on your way to work, heck, even just a few minutes, right, if you're just going down the street to get food real quick, if you're just willing to put on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4, or stream us everywhere, or even listen to our podcast, we greatly appreciate you. And it means the world to me that we have at least a couple people who are willing to take time out of their day to listen to us talk sports and have fun. So thanks to all of our supporters here on ESPN Tucson. We're very much looking forward to continuing to have Great success here on the morning shift on ESPN Tucson. Great success. Great success. Oh, my goodness. I cannot hear. I immediately thought about that as soon as I said it. Great success and my wife. I hear those two expressions. And I immediately think of Borat. Um, but, Andrew, I'm going to uh, ask you to get this clip ready to go of Fred Van Vliet. Dollar Store Drake. Yeah, dollar, dollar Store Drake. Or uh, Big Lots Drake. If if Drake was Dr. Pepper, Fred Van Vliet is Dr. Skipper. He looks like a just Dollar Tree, great value version of Drake. But we all know that he's one of the top players for the Toronto Raptors. And in Toronto's game against the Los Angeles Clippers not too long ago, Fred Van Vliet was assessed for a technical foul. Van Vliet, he's got eight techs this season. And three of those technical fouls have come from the same referee in Ben Taylor. So when NBA players comment on the officials and talk about how bad they are, I mean, I've seen some guys kind of tap dance around calling out referees, and yet they still get fined. Fred Van Vliet was like, you know what? I got this $30,000 all ready to go, and I'm just going to absolutely unleash on these officials. So the, the clip that we're about to play, remind you, Fred Van Vliet just got fined $30,000, and here's why he got fined thirty k. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was f***ing terrible tonight. Um, I thought that on most nights, you know, couple other you know out of the three there's one or two that just fucked the game up you know and it's, it's it's been like that a couple couple games in a row um denver was tough obviously you come out tonight you're competing pretty hard the third quarter i get a bull tech changes the whole dynamic of the game changes the whole flow of the game and um you know most of the refs are trying hard i like a lot of the refs are trying hard they're pretty fair they communicate well and then you got the other ones who just want to be dicks and um 
just kind of f***s the game up. Nobody's coming to see that shit. They come to see the players. And um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was. And um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating. So at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal. And um, it's never a good place to be. That's not why we lost tonight. We got outplayed. Um, but it definitely makes it tougher to yeah, he was like, I'm not holding back on this Ben Taylor guy. Uh, and it's kind of refreshing, yet weird, to hear an NBA player just say, I'm going all in on this referee. But we need to start holding guys accountable. And uh, Ben Taylor, if he's making you know, these calls just because you know some guys say some things, you know, these are professionals, these are grown men, you can't get offended by some things that guys say in just the heat of the moment because – at that point, you're just making it about yourself. And too many times, officials, they just absolutely uh, inject themselves into the game and make it about themselves. But uh, Fred Van Vliet said, I'm not holding back this $30,000. It's going to be worth every single penny. Let me get this comment off. All right. If you want to join the show, 719-1490 is the phone number, 719-1490. Looks like we got Ray joining us here on Spears and Ali. Ray, thank you for calling in. What's on your mind? What's up? How you doing? Doing good. Good morning to you. Good. Hey, I got a quick comment and, and three questions, and I'll hang up and listen. Absolutely. My comment is, man, I, I hate the way that they've gone overboard with this offensive foul, fouls in college. You know, the whole structure, but it just messes up the floor of the game. I wish they would just revert back, man, and fix that. I needed to get that off my chest. I agree. So the the three – I missed the beginning of your show, and I'm sure that you talked about the revenge factor, how much does it play with us playing ASU. I mean, how much does it really play into it? Or do you think we've moved on? The second question is, do you think that um, Oregon has a realistic – not an outside chance, a realistic chance of upsetting UCLA? And then the third question is, if we win the Pac-12 tournament, how realistic is it that we'll get a number one seed? I, I look great. I like, like your show, man. I appreciate listening to you in the morning. It's kind of like good time. Keep doing a good job. Oh, my man. Thank you so much, Ray. Appreciate the support and the kind words. You're far too kind. Uh, so going answering your questions, uh, I think that Arizona, if they were to somehow win the Pac-12 tournament, I, I don't think they're, they're going to be a number one seed. Now, Will it affect UCLA? Maybe. It could knock them down to being the top number two seed. But I think Arizona right now, they're locked in at a number two and a number three seed. Uh, they could lose tonight against ASU, uh, and they're still going to be a number two or number three seed. So the results of the Pac-12 tournament, in my opinion, for Arizona, it does not matter. Uh, now, for Oregon tonight against UCLA, the thing about Oregon – is that they kind of figure things out late in the season. But this year, the Ducks were really late to the party. Because once they get into Pac-12 play, once the calendar year hits, Oregon's a really good team. And traditionally, they've been like that with Dana Altman. But they didn't start getting on the the winning streak, or they didn't start winning games consistently until late February. Because uh, they have wins over Oregon State, Cal, Stanford, and Washington State. Now... You look at those teams and say, well, that's kind of gross. Cal and Stanford aren't really 
anything special. I know Stanford matches up well against the Wildcats, but Stanford, they're not really that great of a team. Washington State, they're very Jekyll and Hyde. They have a great player, Muhammad Gay, but they're still a bad team. Oregon State and Cal, I mean, we're talking about very bad teams. So I take Oregon's winning streak with to end the regular season with a grain of salt because I look at you know what they did previously. They lost to UCLA earlier. They lost to Washington and Washington State. So very inconsistent from Oregon. UCLA, they're just playing good basketball right now. They're a winning machine. Jaime Jaquez finds a way to just turn a gear late in the game, and we saw that yesterday. And UCLA is just able to put away teams. So I think that Oregon doesn't really stand a chance tonight against the UCLA Bruins. But, hey, we'll see. Kel L. Ware is a great player. Um, Oregon has some talent. But I think UCLA, from top to bottom, is just a better team. And regarding your first question, real quick, because I know we got to go to commercial break, the revenge factor, absolutely. That plays a huge part in tonight's game. Just a couple of weeks ago, Desmond Cambridge was knocking down a 60-footer half-court shot to stun the Wildcats and how they lost it. Remember, Umar Balo in the free throws, not defending the backcourt. That was just a complete blunder by the Wildcats. They've had that in the back of their mind this entire time. When they saw ASU beat USC, they rubbed their hands like Birdman and started licking their chops. They were so excited for this matchup. And with a bunch of fans... In Las Vegas from Tucson and Arizona, it's going to feel like playing in McHale North tonight. So, ASU, get ready because uh, the Wildcats are certainly going to bring it from the fan base and also the team itself. If you want to join the show, 719-1490 is the phone number, 719-1490. We're talking Pac-12 tournament and the Arizona Wildcats. We got tickets to give away. If you want a four-pack of tickets to go see the Tucson Roadrunners, we're giving away two four-packs coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. Now's the time to give away a four-pack of tickets. If you want to go see the Tucson Roadrunners at any point for the rest of the regular season, call in to 719-1490, 719-1490. Callers number one and two. That's a twofer. That's what we call up here. That's what we call that here on Spears and Ali. If you want these tickets, call in at 719-1490. Callers number one and two will get this four-pack. You can take your neighbors. You can take your family. You can take your buddies from work. Whatever. You can take your group chats. Call in at 719-1490. Callers number one and two getting those tickets to go see the Tucson Roadrunners. In hour number two of Spears and Ali, we're gonna we're going to uh, get into Pac-12 tournament and discuss Arizona's matchup tonight against ASU. Plus, we'll look back on the Wildcats' win over Stanford last night and how they were able uh, to get that done. Uh, Andrew, I was on Instagram earlier today, and I actually thought about you. Uh, I, I saw this. Well, that's concerning. So this uh, this account, her name is Halgal420. She actually tweeted this, and it says, no one, and then the back of an organic snack label. We love what we do. We are a family. I knew when my kids started pooping blood in 2008, we needed to create the best organic GMO-free pretzel wedges you've ever tasted. 
So that's what we did for you. Eat with a smile, please. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. That's very spot on. One day I was in my backyard and decided, you know what? Dried sun chip crisps are what my calling is. <laughs> you set out to make the best ones that you've ever tasted. So eat with a smile. <laughs> um, $8.50 for six ounces. <laughs> All right, so big uh, college basketball news um, in in the Pac-12. The Cal Golden Bears they fired head coach Mark Fox after a few seasons. Uh, Mark Fox, yeah, yeah, say it ain't so. Kind of no surprise here because the the Golden Bears they were like this year's Oregon State team. How the Beavers were so god awful last year. The Cal Golden Bears they took that crown this year. The Cal Golden Bears went three and twenty nine this year. Mark Fox has the most losses by a major college basketball coach in a single season. So that's definitely not a record that you want to set for Mark Fox. He went 38-87 and 87 during his time at Cal. I think Mark Fox is a decent coach. I just think Cal is a terrible job, honestly. Like, it is so hard to succeed at Cal because funding is terrible. Like, the program has no deep pockets they don't have the high profile boosters like we have down here in tucson with the arizona wildcats even with the ucla bruins like so many programs in the pac-12 have way better funding and facilities than the cal golden bears also it's really tough to get into uc berkeley and that's the thing that's just so terrible about cal is you don't have funding your athletic facilities are crap and you can't really bring in every single player that you want because it is so difficult to get into your institution. It's, I mean, Cal Stanford, I mean, we're talking about two high profile academic institutions. And so that's why I think the Cal Golden Bears job, we will never see Cal be at a high level ever again. Uh, with that being said, hey, miracles happen. Maybe they get a guy to come in and change things around. If I'm looking for, Cal Golden Bears next head coach. Look out for former Arizona assistant Joe Pasternak. He's currently at UC Santa Barbara, has won a bunch of games over the last couple of years. What he's done with the Gauchos, I would love to see what he could do with the Golden Bears at Cal. So keep an eye on Joe Pasternak to take over at Cal. All right, we're going to talk more college basketball news. Also, Arizona tonight against ASU in the Pac-12 tournament semifinals. Hour number two, Spears and Ali coming up next.